It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. back for another edition of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here on the RTF Sports Network. We truly appreciate everyone out there catching all of our great shows. And if you can, go to wherever it is you like your podcast and search out the Lakers Fast Break. Give us that five-star review. Also as well, give five-star reviews for the shows that my guest is doing right now. Please, because he works really hard. Tell you what, and he's also a happy man. He's a little hurt, but nonetheless, that pain feels a lot better for him as a Blazer fan. As the Blazers in the first round of the game between Lakers and the Blazers, first round, first game goes to the Blazers. A lot of people had said that they were going to come out firing because they had been basically playing a, a playoff mentality for the past week and a half. And sure enough, they came out and took the victory tonight, 193 over the Los Angeles Lakers. I just wanted to go ahead and say thank you once again to everyone who's been watching us right here at the Lakers Fast Break and listening to us on all of our podcast outlets. Also want to give a big thank you to First Entertainment Credit Union for today, the Lakers-themed Affinity Debit Card. So if you want to check it out right now, it's at firstent.org slash Lakers. That's firstent.org slash Lakers. And you can go ahead today and find out more about not only that great debit card, but also as well, you can go ahead and enter the sweepstakes for one of the first look limited edition Lakers kits from Anthony Davis and First Entertainment. So if you want to see the official sweepstakes rules, that's going to be right here. So that's firstent.org slash Lakers dash cards slash affinity dash card dash sweepstakes. You can go ahead and find out more about the great things that are going on there with that sweepstakes. But also as well, you can find out more as a whole about the Lakers card that is now issued now. So that's a great debit card. So if you want to get a chance, find out more information. That's firstent.org slash Lakers. Looks like it's a great debit card indeed. A quality performance from the great backcourt duo of CJ McCollum and also as well Damian Lillard. Uh, Damian Lillard had 34 points. Let me go ahead and run down right now what we got here for the Trailblazers. CJ McCollum, 21 points. Also as well, you had a solid game from Yusuf Nurkic, 16 points, 15 rebounds. And of course, a lot of uh, help from everywhere else. But it was a messy game for the Lakers. Uh, You know what? Playoffs, it's going to get that way. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get a little bit chippy. It's going to get a little bit uh, rough and tumble. And of course, it happened. But you know what? For the most part, Portland controlled the tempo. They slowed it down. Lakers didn't get to do much in transition. And my guest today is going to talk about a lot of great stuff when it comes to Portland Trailblazers. You got to check out what he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies, plus not only his great podcast, the NBA Draft Junkies podcast, 
but also as well his Run the Floor podcast, which I just was appearing on. You got to go ahead and check it out today everywhere you get your podcasts. Plus, if you're really into the NBA draft, there is no better place to go than NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube because he has great profiles of all the upcoming draft picks. It is my good friend indeed. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, congratulations on winning game one. I'm, I'm not going to be like a spoiled person. I, I, was, I was hooping and hollering and punching the air and, and doing all the great stuff that Lakers fans do. But you know what? I got to give you kudos, my friend. The, the Trailblazers got the temple they wanted, and they got the victory they wanted as well. Yeah, I mean, as a, a Blazers fan, uh, it was an exciting win. Um, so like I mentioned in the previous podcast, I felt like Portland had all the momentum coming in. And uh, yeah, I just felt like the Lakers didn't play their best ball in the seeding games. And they kind of seemed like they had the attitude of we'll turn it on when we want to. But to me, even though LeBron played well on paper, I feel like this loss is on him simply because he just wasn't aggressive. I felt like he was passive. And if I'm rooting against the Lakers, I'll take a passive LeBron who's trying to be Magic Johnson, I'll take that over the aggressive LeBron because nobody can really stop him from getting what he wants. And he looked today as if he was trying to get his teammates involved, which he did. I mean, he had a lot of assists, but he had Gary Trent Jr. on him, who was pretty inexperienced. He wasn't really heavily in their rotation all year. It seemed like he broke out in the bubble. Trent wasn't really doing anything on the offensive end. And usually you're you know, your offense kind of impacts your defense. But I felt like LeBron had the advantage. I mean, the size advantage, the experience advantage. I, mean, I don't want to take anything away from what Gary Trent was doing, but I feel like LeBron being passive hurt his team tonight. And, yeah, it just seemed like he was looking to to get everybody involved, which, like I said, he did. But I think he hurt his team tonight. When he did try to go to the basket, because like you said, there it was – somewhat of an easy matchup for him against when he was one-on-one and he did take those opportunities on Gary Trent Jr. It was the back line of Hassan Whiteside with five blocks tonight. Uh, I think that's helped out a lot. A lot of those blocks were gifts that Dwight Howard gave to him because I think he just gift wrapped a couple of them just right there, just put it up and boom, just knocked away. But Hassan Whiteside from the backside, at least on a couple times, helped out tremendously well. And I just want to go ahead and give him props on that because, you know, he's much maligned. You and mm-hmm. I both know. And, and with him, it's a matter of effort. I think that's, as they said on the broadcast, and his effort was at a high pace tonight all across the board for him. And that's what you like to see if you're, you know, you're, you're a Portland Trailblazer fan. Yeah, I agree. I thought he played really well. Um, I do cringe when he has the ball, especially in yeah. space. But I think that with the Lakers' lack of spacing, it allowed him to play at his best because if the Lakers have spacing, if LeBron is driving to the rim and he comes to help, which he wants to chase blocks, LeBron has an easy dump off. I feel that when the lane was congested because guys weren't making shots, it allowed him to be able to stick close to Dwight or AD and also contest LeBron's layups. And again, that goes with floor spacing. And also I felt like, when the Lakers were playing the lineups with McGee and Dwight together, it played to the Blazers' advantage. Absolutely, because it packs the pain in. Yep. 
boxes and elbows. That's how I would defend the Lakers at this point. Um, Danny Green had zero confidence. I mean, there was a stretch where he had open looks. He passed it. He did make one three. And the Lakers' backcourt has to play a lot better. I mean, they provided pretty much nothing. I mean, Caruso had his hustle plays. Zero help. Zero help. Yep. 15% from three-point lane. That's uh, not going to get it done. Not going to get it done at all in the playoffs. But it's been consistent with how they shot in, in the seeding games. I mean, they didn't shoot the ball well. It would be interesting to see what social media and all the blogs are saying about Vogel's decision to not play Deion Waiters. And I thought Waiters played well in the seeding games, and he probably played like two or three minutes today. Just one, actually. One? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, just- I, tripled his, I tripled what he played. Yeah, and it, I don't even understand why you even put him in for one minute at the end of a court and take him out. Yeah. It just was very disappointing to see, like you said, he could provide that offense that the Lakers sorely needed tonight. And it was very disappointing as far as from that. And their defense, I mean, if you're only going to hold Trailblazers to 100 points, you've done your job. And, you know, it gets to the point where Damian Little, I think actually, you know, I, I dare I say this, Charles Barkley himself said it best. It was a very quiet first half, even though he had 23. And he only had, what, 11 more in the second half. I mean, that's what you want to do when you're guarding and playing against, uh, you know, such a high-volume score, he limit, they limited the amount of terrific threes, those gut-busting, you know, almost half-court threes that he shoots. And, you know, yeah, Andre Minifield, he's he's given us a hand. Hey, you're right. Green couldn't hit the broadside. Run. He hasn't been able to do anything from three-point area, which is his bread and butter, you know, since – since March, you know, the entire yeah. bubble, he's been struggling. So I, 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 you know, when you get that kind of defensive performance, it's just a shame that you're not able to go ahead. And as a Lakers fan, get that kind of offense behind it as well, because you're, if you're holding Portland to a hundred points, you've done a great job defensively. And maybe I've been a little biased, but nobody would have thought the Blazers defense would play the way they did. Exactly. I mean, exactly. they were, I want to say out of all the bubble teams, they were, second to last in defense, and I'm guessing the Wizards were probably the worst defensive team. And then you have a Blazers team on dead legs. I mean, they've had to play a lot of games. I thought at one point in the late third, early fourth quarter, the guys were tired. And fortunately for me and and Blazers fans, they just – the Lakers weren't able to take advantage of it. But I'm I'm more shocked about the Blazers' defense. If I would have had to guess whose style would dictate the series, I thought maybe – it would be a high-scoring series like we've seen in some of these other series where, yeah. like you mentioned, that a lot of teams aren't in sync defensively and played a slower pace and were able to win. And I, I just think that Vogel has some big make as far as his rotation. Absolutely. Big lineups, it plays to the Blazers' strengths. It does because the Blazers have a lot of big guys that they can throw out of you. Not even mention Zach Collins, who wasn't even in the lineup today due to injuries. So yeah. they have those options out there. And to the Lakers right now, they've got to go ahead and and just scratch, you know, figure out what's going on. Figure out how they can go ahead and create easier offense. Got to go ahead and create more transition points. They got to go ahead and utilize more of that pick and roll between LeBron and AD. When they utilized it during the game, it was very effective. And they need to continue to do that. 
in order to go ahead and make things easier for Anthony Davis. Yes, Anthony Davis in tonight's game, he did score 28 points, but that's on basically free throw line, 12 of 17 from the free throw line, because he was a dismal 33% out there on the field. And if you're going to shoot eight for 24 each and every game, I think the Portland Trailblazers would need that every time. And This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Andre hitting us back again. Of course, yeah, Avery Bradley, he would have been able to give you a little bit more from the defensive end because he would probably be able to stick with Lillard or McCollum a lot better. And you're right, Levon, the role players have got to hit those open shots. But when it gets back to what was said, Anthony Davis also, 8 for 24, that's not a great sign either. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are forgetting that the Blazers are missing their best defender also, and which is Trevor Ariza. If if you would have had to bet on the Blazers relying on Gary Trent to be their defensive stopper to guard the best offensive player on every team, I mean, you, on top of the Blazers not having a good defense, you probably would have said that their chances of winning certain games would be slim to none, but Hey, I, I give him credit. He hit two shots where it looked like he tried to uh, bank it in from the, the corner and they hit the top of the backboard, but he hit a big shot in the clutch. And I thought he played good defense on LeBron, but I, I think LeBron was just being more passive than he should have been. But now I'm kind of worried I, because I think next game, Bron is going to he's, he's gonna put his head down and get to the rim. I agree with you. And get you know it almost worked for the Lakers because they had four – players for Portland in with five fouls. So it almost worked if they would have gotten a little bit more aggressive earlier in the fourth quarter. I think that would have been more advantageous for them. Mm-hmm. They had that six-point lead. Kuzma had went on a run by himself and actually pushed the Lakers to a six-point lead early in the fourth quarter and it looked like the momentum was shifting you know, on the side of the Lakers. It was their first real lead of the ball game. But unfortunately, uh, they were not able to sustain it. And in clutch time, you know what? Dame CJ, they got it done. Anybody who says that Portland can't get it done in the clutch needs to check out this game because, you know what, kudos to them. They got it done in the clutch. I had a little cycling accident today, and I kind of hit my head. But did I – so I may be a little woozy. Did I see Lakers miss four free throws? Was that true? That's not surprising uh, as far in, as in the fourth LeBron quarter. James. But oh, yeah. did AD miss two? That and was did LeBron, did LeBron miss two in a row or did he make one out of two? He made one out of two, I think, but you saw the statistics. I think it flashed on there. He's only 66% this year in the fourth quarter. This has been something that's been very nerve wracking for Lakers fans this year is that in the clutch, LeBron is not providing you the consistent things that he's done in the past, mm-hmm. whether it's due to age or what have you. It, it's, you know, hitting 66% in the fourth quarter from the free throw line. When you know you want to go to the line and get those, you know, oh, he missed both. Andre said he missed both. So you're right. 
uh, you know, that that's just inexcusable. Uh, but this is, again, you've seen this for most of the season from LeBron. He's just not able to go ahead from the free throw line and consistently hit those free throws. And that hurts the team overall because he, if you want him to be aggressive, like you're saying, and like, I don't, I don't want him to be aggressive. Well, I, I know I you don't want him as a Blazers <laughs> fan, you don't, but, but <laughs> yeah. you know, if you were giving him that advice, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You're going to get fouled a lot and you need to hit those free throws. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, if you miss two free throws in a row, that's as bad as a turnover. You might as well kick the ball in the crowd. You, you get the same results. And now, LeVon's asking a good question. Can Rondo help? And I know I've been down on Rondo personally. You know, statistically, you and I both talked about how on the defensive and offensive end, analytically, he's not been anything near what he once was. At this point, if it gets to the question where they're down 2-0, anything is, I think should be an option for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I think Rondo, on one hand, he does have playoff experience and he yeah. does have the reputation of stepping his game up in the playoffs. But then on the other hand, he does not compliment LeBron on the offensive end in the half court as far yeah. as spacing the floor. So for a Portland team that is lacking depth, that is probably tired because they're playing heavy minutes, having Rondo on the floor in the offensive end allows them to kind of rest and it's just kind of, you know, they're not going to have to work unless Rondo's going to be the old Rondo in Boston where he was a great cutter and his hustle plays, which is possible. I think Caruso was giving them that as far as just like second chance hustle plays. But once the game gets tight, half court set, I I just don't think Rondo is a, a good complimentary player to LeBron because LeBron needs floor spacing. And this yeah. might be one of his worst teams he's been on as far as like being able to knock down shots since his first stint in Cleveland. Like as a fan of the opposing team, I don't fear KCP when he has the ball. And I mean, line. I think Danny Green does have some gravity. You know that he can get hot. But what separates Danny Green from, let's say, the guys in Houston is they'll keep firing away. You know, like Danny Green's a better shooter than a P.J. Tucker. But P.J. knows his role is if I'm not firing away and if I'm not a threat to shoot, then I'm really not helping the team out. And I felt like in, in this game, there, like I said earlier, there was a stretch where Danny Green passed up a lot of shots. I mean, I remember one play where he had the ball at the top of the key. He was open. He put the ball on the floor, made two dribbles, and he, I think he, like, threw the ball into Dwight. It may have been a successful play, if I'm not mistaken, but how often do you see Danny Green dribble the ball twice in the half court? Exactly, and that's something that they have to be concerned about because, yeah, he'll hit two or three in a row, but like you said, he'll disappear. That's his normal MO for, you know, these, these past few seasons. But right now, he's just disappearing, and that's not good. They need him to be somebody that they need to keep an eye on on defense. And you saw tonight the, the whole defense just started collapsing in further, further, and further because the Lakers could not hit a shot from the outside. And that's a problem going forward where they're just going to give the Lakers all kinds of room on the outside, and the Lakers just aren't getting it done. And Andre, I know you mentioned Rajon Rondo one last time. Yeah, he'd be a liability on offense. Maybe if you're talking about the times when AD is in the game and LeBron is out of the game, 
maybe that could be more effective for that period of time, but that's only eight to 10 minutes a game. I think right now that's probably the best you're going to get from Rajon Rondo coming back from an injury. So that exactly, uh, you know, Levon, when KCP tried to make an effort in the clutch or try to make a play, I also am, am very sad and very kind of mad actually at Frank Vogel because they went away from Kuzma. Kuzma helped get them that early lead in the fourth quarter and they just went away from it. That to me was a shame. If there's ever a situation where a coach using a timeout to break the momentum made a difference in the game, that's it. That was it. I mean, was yeah, it. was it? They were up six at that point. Yep. Right? That's correct. And then called a timeout. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, man, we had an opportunity to to really win this game. And then I was just worried that LeBron would turn it on. And I don't know if Kuzma got another shot after that. He may have got maybe one, but they went away from him. I know KCP got a couple shots. Uh, then there was the play where Caruso ended up having to shoot the ball. I mean, that all plays into the opponent's favor. If, those guys are shooting shots. But I thought the Blazers played good defense in the paint on Anthony Davis. They kind of like mucked the game up, kind of made it, you know, a little sloppy on the inside. And he didn't shoot the ball well at all. No. Eight for 24, uh, 33%. Yeah. That's, that's not going to get it done. Yeah, he lives off his free throws. But when he's not shooting like he, he normally does from the free throw lane, because he's almost a 90% shooter, and he was 12 for 17. And I thought that was a very bad performance overall as far as from AD. 28 points, that looks great on paper, but unfortunately that's not going to get it done. He needs to step up even further. And does JR see the floor more of the series? I don't know if JR Smith is, is and that's a great, great question, Nigel. I don't know. Uh, JR Smith is not going to be the man that they're going to call out. I think, like you said, Raphael, Dion Waiters is probably going to be the one the new faces that they're going to bring into the game to get that. If if it still gets even to a point where the Lakers still even need more help, then yeah, you'll probably see JR after that. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Well, the pressure's on LA now. Even though it's only one game, there's no home court advantage. And I, I wonder, does Vogel stick to the same rotation he has been using all year? Stotts doesn't really have an option because they're only about eight deep. Yeah. So he has to roll with who he has. I mean, maybe he can add Ant Simons into the rotation. 
but they have to roll with with who they have. I think Vogel's in a situation where he does have options, but he's going to have to tinker around to find the right options. And then you have, you know, these new guys on the team that really don't have much chemistry with with the core that's been there all year. And trying to mix those guys in could be a little difficult. Well, we'll wait and see. It's just going to be, like I said, uh, I know you had predicted that the Blazers would win in six, and I said the Lakers would win in six. So it is going to be a, a long series either which way we both think. But that wasn't the biggest shocker. I mean, a lot of people had predicted that Portland would give the Lakers a great challenge in the series. The biggest shocker today, before we head on out, my friend, I want you to talk real quick about the Bucks in Orlando. What happened with the Bucks today? I just saw bits and pieces of the game. And, you know, when I was looking at the score and the league kept getting bigger than Milwaukee, seems like they made a comeback. Uh, but it was just too much Vucevic. Uh, yeah. And then if I remember correctly, at one point, Lopez only had like three points. Yeah. It was like total – it was totally lopsided. And, and and he'd been averaging 20 in the bubble. Yep. But you know what? Milwaukee, similar to the Lakers, they did not have the same momentum and they weren't playing the same way in the bubble that they were playing in the regular season. Whatever momentum they had coming in didn't carry over. But if I remember correctly, the last few games Milwaukee played, I, I don't think they have played well since that Lakers game, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yeah, That's correct. so they, um, you know, they got off to such a hot start, but I think if you probably look at over their last ten to fifteen games, they may just be playing five hundred basketball. And that's going to be interesting to see how both of these teams, the Lakers and the Bucks, can bounce back, or if they will bounce back. I think a lot of people are going to be banking more on the Bucks just simply because you don't know how much more effectiveness you're going to get out of the Magic at this point in time. But for the Lakers and Blazers, we're going to see come this Thursday night. You guys have been all great out there. We truly appreciate the thumbs up. And if you can, please, Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies, if you can check out all the work that he does. He does such a tremendous job. You check it out today, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. I mean, you see all the profiles right there for you for all the upcoming draft picks that you're going to see right there. A lot of mock drafts. And plus, he's got not only his NBA Draft Junkies interviews for his podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, which you can get everywhere. Also, as well, you can get NBA Run the Floor, his Run the Floor podcast, which is also there, which I was just on. You're going to see that not only there in a visual form, but you can get it out on audio, you know, wherever you can get your podcast. And that's Run the Floor or NBA Draft Junkies or his great site, NBADraftJunkies.com for the real insight coming up because the lottery is around the corner, my friend, is it not? Yeah, it's Thursday. Thursday could uh, be a big, well, it's going to be a big day for me, especially for my site, because it's probably one of the most important days of the year, you know, anywhere in the draft world. And then also it's game two, which Absolutely. game two is probably the most important game of the season for the Lakers. I Just, think uh, it's, even though it's a seven game series, it's, I, I feel like the pressure's always on the favorite team when they lose the first game. Absolutely. And then also as well, my friend, you heard the rumors, right, as far as the great possibility that the Combines will be going virtual. and They'll be out at different locations. I, I don't know if you caught the wind of news, but that's basically the rumor mill that I've heard from at this point in time that 
uh, out on Twitter that the the combines will be in a virtual format. There'll be like at least more than one location, and that will at least help give you, me, and everybody else that goes ahead and has mock drafts a little bit more insight into these players going forward. And that part kind of threw me off because I would think with the success of the NBA bubble, why not have a draft bubble? There you go. There you go. Put the players in the bubble, invite all the teams, make them quarantine. And, you know, you can have all your interviews. It's basically like the combine in Chicago, except everyone's there. And then also, um, I mean, I guess it would probably give the teams even more time to do interviews and and so on. So to me, I I think that would have been the the wisest decision. I wonder if, if agents would have felt the same way. Agents probably would have probably helped some guys out. They wouldn't have want, you know, eyes on their players for, you know, that long, especially if you have some players that, that you're trying to hide some particular, whether it's character issues, whether a guy's not in the greatest amount of shape at this time, whatever, whatever. So I think on one side, like for the teams and for the fans, I think would be a great idea. And, but, you know, I think some agents may probably disagree with putting their guys in a bubble. They want to be able to control their workouts. I think that was the key right there. That's why you can't commit to it is simply because the agents would never allow all the players to be, or all Mm -hmm. the draft prospects to be at one place at one time. We don't even see that with the regular combine in Chicago where agents keep all with a high profile prospects, you know, even out. They don't even go there for measurements, which I think is uh, very, very troubling. Oh, uh, Nigel, before we head on out, uh, asking you, my friend, who do you think is the steal of the draft as of now? Who do you think is the the one that you think is, is going to be the biggest deal so far? Oh, that's a tough choice. Simply because I think with this draft, you won't have the guys that are just going to rise up based off of their workouts. And I think it's going to go by, you know, based off the team. Like last year, I would think it was Brandon Clark. This year, the guy that I like is Grant Riller out of College of Charleston. I think if he goes to the right fit, he can really be a a big help. I would like to see him with maybe like a team like Dallas because I think they need another shot creator, another guy that can create his own shot. Um, Whether they take him at 18 or 31, who knows at this point, but he would probably be my my sleeper. Mine, if he drops, I think is Pokashevsky, Alexei Pokashevsky. But I think I, I think he is the. A lot of teams have got the info on him, and he's going to go in the high teens somewhere. I, yeah, have a I just don't that. think he plays his first year. Yeah. I think he's stashed because yeah. he's. I mean, he's like seven foot. He probably weighs like one hundred and ninety pounds. That's the only so, thing. Yeah, so I think that. I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he has a bowl bowl type red shirt year where mm-hmm. even like years ago with the Rockets, they did that with Clint Capella. He was their first round pick. They played him with RGV the whole season, let him get some experience, gain some weight, get stronger, and then they pulled him out in the playoffs. And so I, I really don't think any team drafting Poku is, has any plans for him short term. I think he's more so of a long term project. 
And I'll tell you what, I'm liking Desmond Bain at the back end of the draft more and more. I've been watching a ton of video on him as of late. He just sneaked into my first round of my mock draft on popculturecosmos.com. And I'm, I'm liking what I see from Desmond Bain more and more. Well, you know, I have the Lakers selecting him and they could have used him tonight. <laughs> yeah, they could have. They could have. Yeah. But, you know, I'll tell you what. Our friendship is not going to die, my friend. We're not going to go at it uh, mano a mano because, you know, I know you're a Blazers fan. I know I'm a Lakers fan. But you know what? Anytime I get to speak to you, it's always a good one. Once again, it is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. If you get a chance, please check out NBADraftJunkies.com, his YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies, and also as well his two podcasts, Run the Floor, and also as well NBA Draft Junkies. They're really good stuff. He, he, he just has he has not only profiles, but interviews with a lot of the what second round or possibly yeah. the international. Draft prospects. Yeah. yeah, international prospects. I mean, you've got uh, at least three, four people helping you out there as well. So it's really some great insight that you bring each and every time out to NBA Draft Junkies for us here at the Lakers Fast Break at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Plus also as well, if you catch me anywhere you can on Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. Lakerholics.com from both of us because he does draft profiles for the Lakers on video. And of course, the Lakers fast break at Lakerholics.com. And then also, of course, Lakers fast break wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to my friends at uh, it's a Facebook basketball group called the Hoop Nation. And I think those are the ones that are commenting. I had posted the link on that site. It's a lot of Laker fans in that group. And you know, we just talk basketball nonstop. So uh, shout out to those guys for, for tuning in and, and listening and watching. Well, sweet. I'm going to have to get in on that group, man. You see all of our videos anytime they can, because we also do a lot of Lakers fast breaks on our Lakers fast break Facebook page that we send out there. I know Raphael has been a part of many of our broadcasts. In fact, going forward, we're going to try and sprinkle in some appearances here on the RTF along with the regular stuff that we do at Lakerholics.com and also as well Lakers Fast Break. And, of course, all the stuff that he does at NBA Draft Junkies. So definitely want to go ahead and spread the love. We truly appreciate everyone out there giving us uh, all these thumbs up that we're watching. Had a lot of people watching tonight. Once again, Portland with a great win. You know what? They deserve all the respect that they did tonight because they played a heck of a game. 193 over the Los Angeles Lakers. Can my team, the Los Angeles Lakers, find what it takes to go ahead and even up the series on Thursday night? We'll have to wait and see. Raphael, you said you're going to be part of Thursday night as well. We're going to hopefully be able to get a chance to talk uh, once again on the Lakers fast break. I'm looking forward to my friend. And again, congratulations on a great victory tonight. Hope you're going to feel better, my friend. I think, I don't know, I, with the trade-off, are you glad you got the falling off the bike deal because you got a Blazers win, or would you have rather had the Blazers loss and you not fall off the bike? Even trade. My wrist is fine. I'm, I'm okay. I don't have a concussion. My bike is good. Even trade. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, it is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Please check out what he does today at NBA Draft Junkies. All right, again. Thank you so much for being part of today's broadcast. Again, all the great comments from Nigel and Thomas Hubbard and Andre and Levon. Just you guys were so awesome tonight. We just truly appreciate it. Congrats again to Portland for winning game one. We'll see what happens in game two. Check us out on Thursday indeed. Yep. 
and we'll be back once again on the Lakers Fast Break outlets. Check us out, Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. But we'll be returning at some point in the near future right here at RTF Sports Network and the Lakers Fast Break podcast.